This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. Join 94.9. You're with Mark and Fiona on the Escape Hour. Fiona, how has this autumnal weather treated you this week? Yeah, not bad. I didn't mind the freshness. Yeah. Although I'm definitely well, it never... Well, 37 degrees. Oh, I'm definitely it's not ready at unfresh. all um, ready for the summer to end. But I no. did like the, the freshness that was mm. out there. I had a hot weekend last weekend out and about. I was at a craft beer festival one day that was hot and then i went to an air show the avalon air show the next day and that was really hot so i that spent would a very hot experience after being out at a uh, craft beer what was it called it's called the beer insider experience beer insider but it was spelt in a clever way wasn't it insider, like, insider. like as in cider as in oh. made of apples witty witty yeah yeah so go. that very was punny. that was uh it was a busy weekend i have to say last weekend so i was a little tuckered out on uh, Monday and happy for the weather to be a little bit cooler. How about mm. you, Mark? Uh, busy working, that's all. Um, and sort of uh, working out my next travel schedule to get around this crazy brown land. Right, yeah, you've been work. busy mm. working and tripping off to other parts of the, st- of the country for work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're my new role, it's a national role, so there's a bit of travel. And it's, it's really great to um, work in other cities. So that's one of the um, real benefits of the new job. You get to sit with a team in other cities. So I'm planning my mm. next trip to uh, Brisbane, Perth, uh, mm. Adelaide and Sydney. And it's great to be able to just sit and be a part of a city. And I find that a really great way to learn um, more about things you know just doing that day-to-day life i love going to other cities around australia they feel like they're um i feel like i'm in a different country so familiar and so yes i was in adelaide the other day and Mm. unfortunately i was wasn't there for long enough but it was great to look at all the restaurants and you know go to all the wine bars and try to squeeze as much in while i was there as well as fitting in some theater and performance adelaide's come so far so quickly in the last few years it is a a, really a worthwhile uh, place to go and the inner city of adelaide is just spectacular i took a walk around the adelaide university grounds uh with the torrens river and i hadn't been around there for so long and it is stunning. Yeah, and I think one of the best restaurants in Australia is uh, Orana, which yes. is in Adelaide. That's one, uh, one best uh, restaurant, I think it was last year. Mm. Well, Using a lot of Indigenous ingredients. A lot of Indigenous mm. ingredients. And speaking of best restaurants, <laughs> we're in the middle of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, as mentioned. Which is huge. It's been going for decades now, hasn't it, the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival? I think that we might 25. have someone in the, of- uh, someone in the office. <laughs> get out of work mode we have someone in the studio we have two people in the studio that can enlighten us here so that's very handy and what a segue what a segue <laughs> so on that very topic actually Zeno misco who's the industry engagement manager for melbourne food and wine festival can tell us how long Xenon has Melbourne Food and Wine been going for? I can. Um, I can. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Great to be here. Um, I'm pretty well, pumped. Um, 27th year now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Super. And you have a new uh, a new director this year? Well, we do. CEO Anthea lucas Bosha, which is very exciting, and new creative director, Pat Nurse, as well. That's, I mean, it's great to have Anthea back. She's a Melbourne girl, of course, and in Sydney for many years as the uh, editor of Gourmet Traveller. Oh, 
And then to Swing Pat, who's a Sydney cider, yep. to Melbourne. Who's always wanted to live in Melbourne and he's uh, pretty pumped. That's exciting and he's yeah. arrived just on the cusp of our autumn. I hope he brought his woolies. Yeah. Uh, he has, but um, he's learning how to use my key and getting better at it. And, it's um, tap and go. And, <laughs> and timing. He just arrives for the beginning of the festival. Yeah. Oh, he gets yeah. all the, all the gl- sort of glory without doing any of the work. Yeah. Well, for this year anyway. No, yeah, I'm no, sure they'll uh, get their pound of flesh. No, he's definitely done a lot of work already leading up to it. And we also have a rock star in, in uh, mitts. I know. Look, we don't get rock stars in our, of- in our office, <laughs> in our studio very often, do we? No. Well, maybe because he's a chef, he's probably maybe more of a wok star. Uh, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> I, I'm trying. That was I'm good. Do, do the best that I can today. Geordie Navarra. Hello. All the way from the Philippines, Thanks come to the Melbourne me. Food and Wine Festival, and you are probably one of the world's most prominent Filipino chefs. Uh, I'm just saying that. We try. We try our best. You can't <laughs> say that yourself. But you, you're the uh, creative uh, dynamo behind uh, to- Toyo. In Manila? Yes. Yeah, in Manila. To- Toyo Iri, yes. In Toyo Manila. Iri, and that's named after... Uh, Toyo means soy sauce in Tagalog. In Tagalog. Yeah. 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 So we named it after soy sauce, which is very... Like everyday, very basic, and we sort of uh, we sort of relate to, to what soy sauce is. So, talk to us about your approach to Filipino food because the uh, the big thing about it is um, uh, the amount of islands in the Philippines. We discovered seven thousand one hundred and seven in low tide, seven thousand one hundred and eight <laughs> islands. Yeah, you know so your numbers. <laughs> there's a lot of diversity. Talk talk to us how you you bring that through your kitchen onto the plate. Yeah, so like like you mentioned, there's a lot of diversity in the Philippines. I think our cuisine is very very regional so um what's great about that for us is there's a lot to discover and a lot to learn about and uh i guess we just try our best to represent where we're from and who we are so how do you typify the the regions because there's a large christian community there's a large muslim community uh there's large spanish influence there's american influence yes and there's kenny roast kenny loggins roasters everywhere yes there, there <laughs> is also yeah so yeah like you mentioned it's it's yeah. it's 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 a mix. Uh, one very very prominent Filipino chef, Margarita Flores, mentioned that Filipino food is one of the first fusion cuisines. She she mentioned, and I think there's a lot to that because you we talk about all the influences, but for us we just grew up in it, so we just look at it as oh this is this is what we grew up on, this is what we understand, this is what we know. So what typifies? Um, so are you from Metro Manila? Is that, yes. Yeah. So yeah. what? what um, typifies the the table of uh, um, family in Metro Manila. Met- yeah, well, well, you would have many influences. So, I would say there's a strong Chinese influence in the city, uh, and then also, of course, from being a former Spanish colony, we have a lot of Spanish-inspired dishes. And funny enough, if you go deep into Chinatown, you would have Chinese dishes with Spanish names. What like? Like. Camarón rebosado, <laughs> and it's basically uh, uh, shrimp fried in batter, Chinese style. It sounds good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> really good. Yeah, so it, it's it's that. Plus, you have the American influence also. Mm. Um, Jollibee mm. is pretty much like an American influenced Filipino fast food chain. Explain Jollibee though, because it's it's. I think it is um, a, a very a passionate experience for a lot of Filipinos to go to Jollibee. Yeah, it's just, I think it just reminds a lot of Filipinos of what you would have back home. Mm. So, if, for example, if you're a Filipino that moved away from the Philippines, Jollibee would be one thing where it would be like, oh, it 
el, I remember this from back home. Uh, it's basically like burgers and and fried chicken and things like that with, uh, I guess, more of a Filipino taste. Mm. Yeah. So slightly more savory, slightly sweeter. Yeah. Fried chicken makes such a, a big impact on, on a lot of part, aspects of Asian cuisines. Japanese fried chicken and, you Korean. know, everyone and Korean fried chicken. It's KFC. KFC, <laughs> yeah. Korean KFC. fried chicken. <laughs> now, um, it's the first time that you've been involved in Melbourne Food and Wine Festival yes, this yes, year. Yes, and thank you for having us. <laughs> uh, Melburnians, as you're probably aware, are insane for food and they love experimenting and exploring other cuisines and you know the great thing about what you're doing with Melbourne Food and Wine is that you've got a a bunch of people focusing on Filipino cuisine Nicole Poneska, Yasmin Newman and Ross Magain from Rice Paper Scissors you're all teaming together to create um, a celebration of uh, Filipino food. Yes yeah so yeah we're doing a dinner next week uh, two nights Uh, so we're we're trying to basically represent uh, Filipino flavors, so we're gonna do some dishes from the restaurant Atoyo, but we're also gonna be uh, very traditional with some dishes. Uh, I think Nicole has some of her, her dishes planned. Ross is also uh, coming in and uh, putting his spin on things, and I think it's gonna be interesting because we're all from uh, we're all Filipino from different backgrounds. So I'm uh. Filipino that grew up in. The Philippines, Ross grew up here, Nicole grew up in New York, Yasmin grew up here. Uh, so it's, it's sort of like a di- different, dif- Filipinos growing up in different places and, and trying to find what connects, to, connects us all, um, the, 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 those flavors. So. so what are the key flavors that you, you can share and bond over? Uh, I think generally you would say Filipinos have a very sour flavor profile. So mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of sour notes from fermented sour to fresh sour. So, for example, you have a kinilaw, which is like uh, cooking with acid or, or altering textures with acid. Uh, that could be anything between fermented acid like vinegar to a, a more fresh acid like citrus. Mm. So we have that, that range. Then we also like very savory notes. So... Hence, uh, soy sauce and mm. fish sauce we call patis. Right. Oh, goodness, it sounds yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah, and so the proteins, what, is, what uh, typifies Filipino proteins? Well, that, yeah, that gets regional also, but generally, since we're talking about uh, 7,107 <laughs> islands, <laughs> you've yeah. got to have a so coast. We, yeah, <laughs> we, we, generally, we have, we're very seafood-based. Mm. Um, so you'd see that. Most of the time. So, for example, at the restaurant, we would have a harder time um, catering to someone with a seafood allergy than it would with, uh, like, oh, I don't eat meat. We're like, okay, that's that's cool. So, chicken as well? Is that chicken, a, yeah. It's yeah, very, so chicken it's, seafood. Chicken, seafood. Also, um, pork is a big thing. Oh, and, pork yeah, big. pork, uh, okay. yeah. Pork, so uh, that's basically, like, what we call fiesta food, like, fun family food. You know, right. like celebration food. Is that? Do you hold roast pork? Yes. Or do you, uh, yeah. Like, uh, how does it vary from how the like the babaguling of the Indonesian, uh, the way they prepare their pork? Oh, uh, yeah, babaguling. It's nice you mentioned. Uh, yes. Uh, for I think babaguling uses uh, coffee wood and other things, and uh-huh. some more of like a wood fire, wood smoke. In the mm-hmm. Philippines, it's more like uh, charcoal embers mm-hmm. uh, with literally a guy. Rotating 
Yeah, rotating non-stop for maybe four and a half to four and a half hours and it's good until workout. it's good. Yeah. It's a good workout. It's, it, it, it also, you also sort of negate it when you eat the pig after. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But it's all good. But because Toyo, the, the restaurant and the name and the concept behind it came from a nursery rhyme about 18 vegetables. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This, one what of a beautiful our, story. Yeah, one of our signature dishes, which I feel... Uh, sort of represents uh, the the philosophy we have at the restaurant is is called Bahe Kubo which mm. which is a song that uh, is taught to kids in the Philippines to learn about different vegetables that that you would typically have so it's like everyday veggies veggies that you would find in the market so yeah we basically made a dish uh, using all the 18 vegetables uh, and so we represent the song as a dish and that's uh, on your menu all the time at Toyo? Yeah, for, yeah, pretty much, yes. Well, um, I just think that sounds gorgeous because there there needs to be, I mean, there is an increasing emphasis on vegetables. And do you find that the uh, Milanese dining scene, or the, the, no, hang on, that sounded like the Milanese Milan. as in Milan. Manilin. Ma, 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 the Manila Mil- lasagna. Milanese. <laughs> do you, do, how do you find the, uh, well, the locals are responding to that? Well, people in Manila are, are sort of... Uh, we're, 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 I think we're growing as a restaurant town. Um, so there's been more and more interesting places popping up, uh, and it's great. The Filipinos are very international people. Yes, the, the yes. greatest export out of the Philippines, I think, is labor. Yes, with people that's working true. all around the world. Yeah, yeah, and Filipinos are known to be like super nice and yeah. uh, hardworking and hard-working, very friendly. Good singers and, and yeah. good singers. Handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> Immaculate oh, yeah, that's handwriting. True. Yeah. Yes. What a piece of trivia is that? Yeah, yeah Filipino yeah. handwriting is immaculate. It's yeah, my wife takes pride in her handwriting, so I, I we'll can relate to that. We'll have to get on air that. and talk about that in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, and singing. And singing too. Yeah. Singing in general. Is that right? Yeah, but not me. So oh, you got the wrong Filipino. You in weren't blessed. So you've no, bad handwriting and you can't sing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're letting the nation <laughs> That's why we try to cook. That's why he's a cook. <laughs> Joy 94.9 is on air 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But sometimes you can't always be with us when you want to. Here's the solution. Here's the solution. Listen to your favourite Joy 94.9 show anytime with our Joy podcast service. Our team of over 30 volunteers pick out the best bits from around 60 programs that Joy airs each week, made available to you for free download. To find a podcast of your favourite Joy show, search for us in the Featured Providers section within the iTunes store or find them on the Joy website, joy.org.au. Joy Podcast. Any show, any show, anytime, joy.org.au. You are on Joy 94.9. It is the Escape Hour, and we're talking all things Melbourne Food and Wine Fest, which is happening when? Now. 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 <laughs> now. Um, so, we have special guests, Fiona. We do, we do. Jordi Navarro, who is uh, visiting our shores from Manila because his restaurant is such hot property right now. And one uh, of the stars of the festival. And one of the stars of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Uh, and Zenon Misko. Uh, from Melbourne Food and Wine Festival himself. That's right, on day two of the journey of 17 days. So I'm pretty pumped. Well, we're going to talk to Zenon more about the festival, but while we have Geordie, who has been pulled out of prep specifically to talk to us... Just for us. Just for us. um, Your journey to becoming a chef, you didn't start out that way? No, no, no. So basically you screw up other things and then you you end up (laughs) cooking. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's... It's a very noble profession. Yeah. People I, eat every day. I think I think that's what's most attractive about it. Is like you do. It's it's very basic. Like 
you you cook and then someone eats and then they like it or not. <laughs> you've got to be. <laughs> it's very philosophical. Uh, it is, but I think that you know you have they to like be. It or they in, don't. You have to be inspired, though. I mean, and you've got to stay inspired, and you've got to bring inspiration to the table and to the kitchen every single meal, every time yep. you're cooking. So. I mean, that in itself is what makes, I guess, you know, a great chef. And also, may I mention that your restaurant, having only been open for what, two and a half years, yeah, is, yeah. you know, being listed as one to watch in the 50 best restaurants in Asia, which is no small feat. No, that's a huge... Uh, uh, accomplishment. Accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're just. We're just. I'm glad grateful. you're better at cooking than I am at words. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we we can. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's amazing. Like uh, we started out just wanting to represent where we are, where where we're from, uh, representing Filipino cooks uh, and Filipinos in general. Uh, shout out to everyone. Shout out, <laughs> Mabuhay. Yeah, Mabuhay. See, <laughs> uh, and. And then it brought us to this, like just trying to get be- a bit better every day, trying to get a bit better every day. And um, now uh, we're we're in Melbourne, food and wine, which is crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting that you mentioned the word wine. Filipino food, there's not a lot of native wine in the Philippines because it's a tropical country. Yes. Yeah. No so, grapes. N- yeah. So grapes, well, uh, grape wine, but there must be um, other alcohol that uh, accompanies the food that is uh, indigenous to the Philippines. Yeah, uh, well, at, at uh, Toyo, we fo- we we do a lot of cocktails using uh, some of the local, like we would say, alcoholic beverages. Yeah. So there are a few things we have, like something called tapoy, which is uh, sort of like our rice wine, but it not not it's not like sake. If you taste it, it, it like tastes soji. more like a sherry. Oh, okay. Yeah, like it's mm. it's quite sweet. Mm. Um, we also have different fruit wines, so. Bignai, which is like a, a berry, uh, and everyone. Well, we have this climate where everything sort of ferments. So after a while, you can, <laughs> you, yeah. can you can get, heat you can get you can get yeah an alcoholic kick. Wow, <laughs> so you make it out of anything. <laughs> I would like to ask Zen while Zen or Molly's here. You know what inspired? What, where is the inspiration from the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival's point of view to bring mm. Filipino cuisine to the forefront? Great question. Um, so Melbourne being such a brilliant city, multicultural, I mean, we really do reflect so many cultures, which is a wonderful asset of ours. Um, and it all started actually a bit over a year ago when I met up with a Filipino collective, a very, very uh, talented and enthusiastic um, group of girls um, under the banner of Entrepreneurs. Um, love their energy from the moment we met. I think we had an awkward meeting when we first met, when I was meant to be paying for coffee, but they went up and bought their coffee before we met. But anyway, it, it all got sorted out. Um, and they brought this whole idea of we want to we want to talk about Barrio, the idea behind neighbourhood and, and community, and uh, we want to raise the profile of Filipino cuisine um, in Melbourne and do it during the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. So immediately we just bonded, connected, loved their energy, and from there it just sparked into a whole range of international talent that is coming over into dinners at Rice Paper's Sister, into integrating them into our into our workshops at the House of Food and Wine, which I'll talk about shortly, um, and just to really talk about Filipino cuisine, which again. I'll have to be very honest. I love my food. I eat all over Melbourne. I love every, all, all foods and all cultures. 
Philippines, but I haven't had a lot of Filipino cuisine, so I'm looking forward to to diving in and trying a bit. And I'll be there on Wednesday night. Very lucky enough to be there, and I can't wait. Oh, thank yeah. you for for coming out. The yeah. ringing endorsement. <laughs> and what? The ringing endorsement. Yes, Jordy. Yeah. During a, a you know a cooking lesson about Filipino cuisine, what would be some of the basics that you would be instructing people? Uh, we're all, we're very much into condiments. Uh, eating so uh, whenever there's a dish, there's always something you should eat it with. So we're gonna try and. Uh, bring out a range of condiments so uh so it's sort of like a nice range of flavors that you would sort of uh see uh if you go to the philippines like typically so you were talking before about uh, there's a lot of uh, savory sour that yes. goes with that so is that the typical uh, of the condiments is it a lot of chili based or is it salt is it acid is it pickles pickled fermented? uh yeah there's a, a range so sometimes it's a, just as simple as fish sauce and uh, citrus uh some we have other condiments like uh fermented shrimp paste and and uh things that sometimes it's as, just as simple also as vinegar with chilies Mm. Uh, ah. Yeah, so we're gonna try and bring bring out these dishes that you would have a, a range of condiments that mm. that you would have. But I guess you don't make the condiments; they tend to be uh, commercially made because of the they sound complex. Uh, well, or is that am I wrong? We uh, uh, we actually at Toyo we try our best to to make all the condiments so right so well, uh, at, at, sorry not a toya uh, in the, general yeah in general like a filipino uh at the, home. at the home yeah because yeah. uh for example soy sauce or, yeah. or vinegar if you make it take you a few months right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so but there are a lot of things that you can certainly make at home i mean i yeah. remember as a kid making mint sauce for the lamb and, you know, my grandmother would have the mint jelly in the jar, but my mum would just make it with lemon juice, sugar, vinegar and mashed up mint. Mm. And that was mint sauce. Yeah. You can do a lot very yeah. simply. Yeah, it's, it's the, the fermented ones and uh, yeah. the more brewed things that seem quite complex. Not, not a thing you'd buy at home, you buy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, also they're like quirky things like banana ketchup things like that oh yeah. banana ketchup to us about banana. oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. that sounds wild yeah what is what does that taste like uh it's it's sweet and sour like normal ketchup but with bananas so i can't imagine it <laughs> I think we should come be, down yeah i think if you want to know more about banana ketchup yeah. i think that could be really divisive banana ketchup <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And what about from an ingredients point of view? I mean, is there any sort of like key ingredients or vegetables that will be part of that conversation? Uh, generally with Filipinos, Filipinos love garlic. So that's probably something you will for sure encounter. Uh, garlic and onions, um, typical tomatoes, things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It sounds uh, incredibly delicious. So the cooking uh, part will be held when? We're, we're doing two, uh, the first dinner on Tuesday yep. uh, at Rice Paper Sister. Yep. Yeah, and then the second dinner on Wednesday. They're uh, sold out, yeah. which oh, is great news. Sold out. But we can talk about you appearing in the House of Food and Wine, yes. which will be on tomorrow, tomorrow. won't you? At 2.45 till 3.30, won't you? Yes, yes. so we're, we're repping... Uh, with Entrepreneurs and Nicole and and Ross. Also, a shout out to John Rivera, yep. who who's a Filipino chef also here Fantastic. In, in Melbourne. So, 
Well, thank you, uh, listeners. There it is. You don't have to go to the fancy sold-out show. You can come down to the House of Food and Wine, which is down in the Acker Forecourt. Is that correct? Malthouse Theatre. Malthouse Theatre, which is on South Bank, Bull, Sturt Street. That's right. Sturt Street. Give yourself some extra time to get down there, listeners, because there is roadworks along there. But it's a fantastic setup that you've got for Melbourne Food and Wine for the House of the House of Food and Wine this year. You're listening to a Joycast from GLD, TIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Fabulous, Jordy. He was so lovely. Yeah, yeah. And He's Philippine top. cuisine. Yeah, well, you know, uh, top 50 restaurants in Asia is a big call. So it's really it's a big honour to have him in the studio. It was very exciting, and we, we thank the team at Melbourne Food and Wine Festival for helping us out. Mm, and look forward to uh, seeing some more promotion of Filipino food, because every other uh, Asian culture seems to be so well represented from the high street to the highest level of cuisine, whether it be Japanese, Chinese, um, Indonesians uh, are a little bit underrepresented. Malaysia is a bit under, but they're there, you know what I mean? Mm, um, mm. And I'd love to see Filipino food more represented. Mm. But you know who can tell us how that's going to happen? Zenon Misko. Zenon Misko. Hi there. Who's our guest from the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Thank you for having me. So take us back. You, you were mentioning before um, this story about how you met um, mm. some Filipino chefs. And uh, the Philippines is uh, a, a country where people have – there's a huge diaspora. There are Filipino people all over the world mm. working. It's their biggest export is labour. Um, when we look at uh, how Filipino – culture has impressed itself on other countries, it doesn't seem to have had the same um, uh, carry-through from a cuisine perspective as Chinese, Japanese, Indian, you know, so many other cultures, and Korean is having this big um, surge in popularity at the moment. But you were talking to Filipino chefs and getting them together. Yeah, um, it wasn't Filipino chefs. It was the uh, – so it was a group of girls, uh, the um – so the entrepreneurs, they um, were yeah, very passionate about Filipino cuisine and their idea was to bring over some right. Filipino chefs to then create some awareness. And you know, So uh, they were Filipino, um, uh, people of Filipino heritage who were interested exactly. in... Ah, okay. So they From a range of backgrounds back- as well, oh, so corporate yeah. backgrounds, uh, uh, food background as well, very, yeah. So, okay. Mm. So um, they decided that this would be a great thing to add to the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, which you obviously embraced. Absolutely. So we are all about promoting Victoria and Melbourne, local produce, but we're a global festival as well. And, um, and we're all about, um, you know, inviting the world to, to be a part of it. And we thought, you know, there has been, there have been a sprinkling of um, Filipino events in the past throughout our 27-year history, but we thought, no, 20... 2019, I think this is the year we're going to actually, you know, really embrace it and uh, get it out there. What other cuisines and other chefs have been represented from around the world at Melbourne Food and Wine Festival this year? Okay, if we go into that, we have a... <laughs> cool. So, look, I mean, uh, it's a good segue into the House of Food and Wine, but every year we do invite international chefs and uh, to come over and be part of our, um, part of our program. Um, this year we've got a range um, of chefs coming in from Copenhagen, um, we've got uh, chefs coming in from Hong Kong. Um, we've got chefs coming in from Singapore. So all around the world. So yeah. And of course, they want to come to Melbourne because Melbourne has, I mean, I don't know how, quite how it happened, but Melbourne has a reputation worldwide as being a fantastic food city. It does. I mean, I think you both believe that, don't you? We do believe that. Yeah. But, you know, I grew up in Melbourne in the 1980s and just I know that there were some amazing restaurants back there and we had some incredible restaurant pioneers that, uh, you know, set it up. But it was certainly a restaurant industry 
uh, back then, which was really for a select few. And the yeah. magical component, the magical thing about the Melbourne food scene is that it's really open and Accessible. available for everybody, mm. which it, is what makes it great. It's when it's funny uh, that you ask that because it's the international guests that we've had mm. who sell us what we have in a very um, compelling way that makes you realise what we do have here. And uh, I think we take it for granted uh, to a degree that the we have the accessibility of, you know, even a dumpling restaurant like mm. Tong, which is just so accessible. Yep. And the quality of the, uh, the the product that's coming out of... And these are multicultural gifts to mm. Melbourne that people are coming from China or coming from the Philippines or wherever and bringing such authentic interpretations mm with high-quality ingredients. And mm. I, I, we had someone from China a while ago, uh, Ado, he said he eats out Chinese food, uh, high-end food mm. here in Australia because he can't trust what you get in China. He'll eat in Singapore yep. or Malaysia, but he, he can't trust what I, ha- I have friends who do that as well. Yeah. So they come here and are actually excited to come to Melbourne to eat Thai or uh, to eat Thai, to eat Chinese, and they trust the quality of the produce and they love it. No, it's not just Melbourne. Singapore's another perfect example of yeah, a place yeah. where yeah. people mm. go. But, yeah. but uh, China's one of those... Uh, places, even high-end restaurants, they substitute ingredients mm. where possible if it's just not there for the day and they don't necessarily tell you up front. Mm. It's a funny thing because you would imagine they would have access to any foods that they want at any given time, uh, you know, in, in the big restaurants in China. So I don't know if I was here that day because I don't remember having that that conversation. You may not have been. Yeah, it was a really but interesting conversation. I think that's it? fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's it, it, when people go, you guys take your city for granted, be proud of it, embrace it, and go out and do something about it because yep. people look forward to coming here. And I mm. think this is a, a real um, uh, emblematic thing about the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival is that people are coming in from all the place. They trust it and the brand mm. is there already and they get to show off what they can do and bring and it gets so well embraced. So 27 years of doing this. We have, and we've grown from a small um, small festival. It might have been about 10 events back in 1993, was it? All the way through to now to over 250 events. Um, so you're talking about the uh, House of Food? House of Food and Wine. And but there wine. will be more than wine in there. Um, there'll be drink, there'll be cocktails, there'll be coffee. Um, but, yeah, House of Food and Wine. So t- t- what is the House of Food and Wine? Um, so it's been running for a few years now. Effectively, it's our hub for the opening weekend. Um, it's Which is this weekend. This weekend, exactly. Uh, it'll be open today, tomorrow, and the public holiday, Labor Day on Monday, at the Malthouse Theatre. Ah, which okay. is, yep, that was my next question. <laughs> yep, so Malthouse Theatre, um, doors open at midday each day till 6pm. Uh, we're, we're effectively label, labelling it a gastronomic playground. Come and have some fun, come and play. We're going to have everything from uh, pop-up bars, restaurants. Um, oh. We've got cocktails being made. We've got talks and workshops. We've got, um, you know, Geordie and other chefs doing their demos. Um, so a whole range of things happening. And it's free to enter. No, it's not actually. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, that would be... You That's good so to convincing. know. <laughs> no, we've had hubs that are free, but no, this is sort of combining. It's a bit of a gastronomy focus. So right. it's combining our signature brand, which was always Masterclass. So right. for really for the people that love their food and wine to come on down and to actually watch them in action, watch the demos. Then we've got our theatre of ideas. Um, so that, uh, that'll involve a whole range of talks and we're looking at important issues in food and, and drink and uh, hospitality, looking at the future of food, a whole range of things. Um, with a lot of talent in there as well. So there, for your ticket, which is $65, and they'll be available on the door. Um, that'll get you access, demos, 
talks and then the, then the option of being able to buy a whole range of food and beverages. Right. Plus we have a, a full day, uh, every day we have a rosé tasting being put on by vintage sellers. Um, will you be able to try 12 um, rosés from around the world as well? 12? Yep. Well, that's and that's for like 12, 12 noon till 6. Yes. So can, it's a lot of stuff you could pack in for the price. A lot. Uh, there's a lot happening in there. Um, I can just go through a bit of it now. But um, effectively, it's going to be fun. There'll be a bit of entertainment. Um, come on down. Um, we're going to have um, everybody will get a dessert as well from Sunday um, Ice Creamery in Caulfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so beautiful desserts have been made for the festival as part of that. Um one highlight on Monday on the public holiday, if you haven't made your Labor Day plans yet, we've got Ian, uh, sorry, um, we've got Curtis Stone coming in from LA, so he'll be wow. here doing a... famous. So it's pretty w. famous, and he's always um, pretty easy on the eye, so he'll be, um, he'll be, <laughs> so he'll be doing a barbecue with um, local butchers, Meatsmith, which is pretty exciting, ah. so that'll be 12, yeah, 12.30 till 2.30. So not ex- vegan compliant. <laughs> there'll, there'll be vegetables and sides, and th- yeah, there'll be other things. But uh, yeah, the focus on that is a meat barbecue. Uh, so think pastrami. I think he's doing flank as well. Okay, um, so, so an yeah. interesting cuts. So a few few cuts, and uh, yeah. yeah, twenty dollars a pop for those. But uh, should be great. And then he, you can watch him in action in um, doing a demo a bit later in the afternoon. Is there any uh, vegan option now that we've thought of? Is uh, do you know off the top of your head? Off the top of your head, not in terms of, but definitely vegan options there. But uh, yes, off the top of my head, I'm going to go. Through my right. notes no, quickly. No, no. Thank no, no, you for no. testing me, though. That's all right. But as long as <laughs> yes. uh, if someone's listening is vegan is interested, yep. that there is an uh, opportunity for them. They're not just uh, going to be uh, surrounded by corpses. And no, 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 whining. no, no. Definitely not. <laughs> well, I think that there is, an, as we know, an increased interest in uh, vegan food, uh, veganism in a lot of restaurants and a lot of restaurants yep. are supplying. So I'm sure that during the festival, there are probably a couple of vegan specific events that people can attend. We do. We have up to about 10 specific events uh, in the festival. You can jump online and you can actually just enter vegan into the website and they should bring them up at a whole range over the next uh, sort of 17 days. Yep. I certainly went to a vegan uh, uh, paella evening okay. a couple of years ago. Actually, yep. no, I, 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 it was a different food. Fe- it was a different festival. It wasn't yep. a food festival. It was a beer festival. Mm-hmm. But I went to a vegan paella night okay. at Smith and Daughters, and that was interesting. I right. have to say, yeah. But yeah, I think that that's the incredible thing about the festival. It does have something for all palates and pockets. Yeah, I just had a quick look about the vegan. Yep. There's an Ethiopian vegan yep. feast. Oh, that happening sounds at, so happening good. At, yeah. Happening at Conjo. So yeah, yes. great, great little team out there, and they've been flying. Yeah, in Footscray flying the flag for um, African cuisine for many years. Um, yeah, so that should be a really nice event. And look, that's really that's really quite raw as well. So over the years, they've run events where, you know, you are using your hands and your no cutlery and really, it's Great. really authentic. So yeah. Oh, that's the fun thing about Ethiopian. And Le Bonton are doing a vegan smokehouse barbecue because they're so famous for their meat, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, they're running them over the weekends and uh, yeah, so tickets still remaining for those. So yeah. jump in. Yep. Fantastic. Okay, so we've got some vegan options. Yep. And now I guess this is one of the trickiest things that happens whenever we interview someone who you know represents mm. a bigger festival mm. you know and i understand when when you can't have favorites mm. but if there were some things that you know <laughs> which is your favorite child <laughs> <laughs> you know what are, what is it what do you think are some things uh, some mm. fabulous like unique offerings mm. uh for the festival or like a something that's just a classic that yep. always you know does well Great. All right. Well. Or a new discovery. New discovery. All right. I'll go through a few that I think are pretty exciting um, happening. Uh, we've got one tomorrow, an event that's going to be a Palermo street food party. So have you been to Palermo before in Sicily? Uh, no, I wanted to go so much, but I got stuck in 
uh, Positano. Okay. Fair well, enough. Fair great. enough, yeah. I've been over. Street food's great. So it's being run by um, the team at Osteria Alaria in the city who... Oh, Little Burke Street. Oh, Little, Little Burke Street, Street yeah. yeah, who also own Tipo, Double Zero, so which we oh. love. Yeah, so they're effectively doing a street party and uh, ripping out the chairs and tables um, of Osteria Alaria and doing a big Palermo street food party. Wow, that sounds like fun. Oh, yeah, so, little laneway. Uh, it's not w- hard. No, yeah. Warburton Lane there. Yeah. yeah. Yep, so they've yeah. got... Uh, that'll be open until about 5 o'clock. It's a laneway party, and then it's going to be taken indoors. So they're going to have DJs, street food... We've got um, uh, Giorgio De Maria, who is a no-sulfur wine guy um, in Australia, who's one of the leaders of of uh, serving and um, uh, no-sulfur and natural wine. So he's going to be coming in, in for it and serving that. It's just going to be a great event going till late. And it's free entry. Um, so... Uh, free entry, no bookings. So, and I'm going oh, to cap that's it. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, because it's, you know, you've got to book ahead if you want to get to Alaria uh, Asteria. Yes, you do. So, it's uh, one of Melbourne's hottest restaurants. So, they're doing something completely u- unique. And that's what we aim for for the festival. So, we can go to Morvida any night of the week. We can go to Asteria Laria. We can go to Mamacita. They're busy, they're vibrant. Mm. And that's what mel- makes Melbourne great. But what we challenge people to do is to actually get outside your comfort zone a little bit. Let's celebrate what you do, but let's actually elevate it. The festival crowd, Melbourne audiences, they expect a lot. They're mm. food savvy. Mm. They, they love it. And that's what we aim to achieve. So, that's one of those that I think will be. Yeah, a it's lot of fun. An, it's an important distinction that it's not like you can go to a restaurant and just have the food delivered to you from the menu. People, yep. Every venue that's involved yep. has presented a special offering that you don't normally get every day, which is one of the reasons why yep. it's worth engaging and making sure you get to some events because you're going to experience a restaurant like you normally never like would. Like you never would, one-off, unique, fun, festive, yeah. and that's what we're about. That's the exciting thing. I remember yep. Sasha Randall, who was the chef at Apoka yep. a while ago, she used to lead with the vegetables and the protein was the support. Yep. Mm. And it was just such a unique approach that she mm. had to things. Mm. It just made you think differently about the meal. And the experience was out of this world. And I remember it today. Yeah, mm. beautiful. Yeah. So this is the opportunity you get with the chefs turning around and doing their thing. Yep. Instead of just doing what sells or is profitable, they're, they're show, showing off, aren't they? They are. And further to that event, and then I'll move on from it, but uh, we've also got Pasi uh, uh, Petanen from um, Sydney as well. So great chef who's coming in for it as well with Giorgio. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So he'll be uh, teaming up with uh, Andreas from um, Osteria, and they're going to be doing Palermo street food. So it's going to be kind of fun. Mm. So I think I'm going to pop in as well. And what's next on your list? What is next? Okay, a bit more high-end. We've got Attica, as we all know, one of our most celebrated restaurants. Then Huntley Road. Yes, and what are they doing? It's going to be Anarchy at Attica. Anarchy? Oh, my God, that's the last place where you would expect anarchy Anarchy. because it's so reserved. Mm. I mean, all the anarchy is on your plate. Yes, it's elegant. I think it's, but the but the atmosphere is 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 restrained. It's, ser- it's serene. It's very yeah. serene. That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. So anyway, again, heightened, unique, one off for the festival. Um, and the the team at uh, Attica, they're going to be cooking for their chef Ben Shuri and ah. and the diners. So he's going to be seated, and they're going to be cooking for him. So we don't know what to expect, but we are pretty excited as well. So. Um, it is for sale. Tickets are available. Not many, but I would urge you to jump on if you want to be a part of that because that won't happen again. Yeah, that sounds really wacky. Well, cool. does Ben not trust his staff? <laughs> oh, you can pick that up with Ben and the team. I won't jump into that. Cool. Um, I think he trusts them very much. <laughs> yes. It's a very good team. Do I have time for a couple more quickly? Yeah, or not? yeah. yeah oh, we've got tons of tons time. time. Well, 12 minutes. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, a quick couple of pop-ups that are happening up at Press Club and at their, exper- oh, yeah. at their experimental kitchen next mm-hmm. door. I'm not sure if you know it, but it, it's a little bar I've in there. Where 
seen, day. I've seen it no, as yeah. I passed by, and I'm like, what's in that little hole in the wall? Yeah, that's where they innovate and uh, do a bit of testing, and uh, you know, and okay. yeah. So they've got a couple of pop-ups during the festival. Um, one is going to be a Savlaki pop-up, where they're going to be doing three different Savlakis on three different nights, um, really innovative, f- focusing on Victorian produce. Uh, so that'll be happening okay. for about thirty-eight dollars or whatever it is. Um, that's happening, and they're also doing. So we're not just talking about a Suva wrapped in alfoil. We're talking about which is fine, fancy. depending on what time yeah, of night or yeah, exactly. morning it is. But yeah, yeah. But we're talking about something a little fancier than that. I'm sure. What are they? What are they thinking of? Is it a surprise? It's, it's going to be a bit of a surprise, okay. but uh, we can definitely trust uh, that team that they're going to deliver. Oh, yeah. And okay. you'll get a drink with yeah. that, and you'll get chips as well. But they're also doing a Greek um, dessert pop up as well, looking at donuts. So they're going to be doing some savoury and sweet donuts ah, with a powdered sugar. All of that, yeah. yeah so arranged mm. with uh, a cocktail as well in there, and that's going to be another only for three nights as well. Um, that'll be happening. So, um, yeah, so I'd urge you to, yeah, mm, get a spot there. Now, Zen, you've been working for Melbourne Food and Wine Festival now for, is it five or six years? I'm going into my seventh uh, festival. Can you believe it? Wow. That is incredible. Mm. And you've had such an impact on the direction of the festival. Maybe you could give our listeners a bit of a guide of what kind of, like how you got inspired to work in Food and Wine and what drives you. Mm. I mean... You know, how do you see, how do you, you know, what inspires you from a food and wine perspective? Well, I think I've got a blurb on the website about myself that we had to write, but um, effectively, it, <laughs> no, it, no, not that we had to, I wanted compulsory. to. I'm sorry. Compulsory, no, but it all started, you know, being uh, the Ukrainian heritage. Mm. Um, so we grew up with, uh, my parents were born in Ukraine and migrated uh, after World War Two, and food was central to our, the way we lived. We were always around the table. Then my mum ended up having our five boys, my mum and dad, um, who loved their food, each one as much as the other. So we just loved to eat. We were brought up around food, around cooking, and... And then I was always very passionate about about food and eating out as well, not just cooking at home. Um, I've got a legal background, a marketing background, but I always wanted to to, to be involved in food and, and wine. And then I persevered. I set a target to work at Melbourne Food and Wine Festival because I loved the brand. I loved what it was doing. Um, persevered and I landed a job in, in the team and I haven't looked back. Oh, that's uh, so, yes. a great story. I mean, I knew a little bit about your heritage, but I didn't yeah. know how much you were personally driven to work for Melbourne Food and Wine. It was. It was actually identified as that I wanted to work work for Melbourne Food and Wine, and uh, it all happened. And uh, but the beauty is, it's actually great to to care and to actually be really passionate about how how um, how amazing Melbourne, but especially regional Victoria is, mm. and all these incredible landscapes and the produce and the food and the diversity of regional Victoria. Our incredible wines. Our, you know, our, our, our amazing um, farmers, um, but also our natural, the natural beauty from, you know, Great Ocean Road to the, the villages mm. of the high country to Yarra mm. Valley in Mornington mm. on your doorstep through to Ballarat and Bendigo and the goldfields and all the way up into Grampians and the Murray. Um, we are very spoiled and we should be getting out there more. And I really make an effort to. We have to be just getting out there. Well, it is, um, I mean, rural and regional Victoria, of course, has expanded and, ex- mm. you know, has so much more to see than what people even imagine and you do have to get out there i mean just a couple of weeks ago we had uh, a lovely winemaker from the pyrenees Mm. in and he was hilarious he was telling us about how the pyrenees is in the middle of nowhere but everywhere at the same time it was just gorgeous and he was describing you know the the climate and it was just so beautiful so that's what people need to get out and about. And we were talking about how wonderful it was that the wineries weren't as crowded as other parts of the state yep. where there's a 
But um, indeed, people need to think about getting out of town. And it might be a good segue to our regional weekend, potentially. If we yeah, let's talk about regional weekends. Regional weekends. So middle weekend on the 15th to the 17th of March, we have a dedicated regional weekend where we're going dark in Melbourne. Uh, no events are taking place in Melbourne. Maybe a couple of little things are happening here or there. But we are encouraging everybody to get out of Melbourne. Grand Prix is on, so Melbourne is going to be very busy. If the Grand Prix isn't your thing, get out of Melbourne and we have over 70 events in total happening all around the state. Kicking off on Friday at midday with 19 long lunches happening on by the beach, riverside, near the mountains, farms, wineries, you name it, um, through to a whole calendar of events taking place all around Victoria on that weekend. So I'll be getting out and about and putting together my itinerary as we speak, but I'll be around, I'll be getting out from Friday to Sunday. Well, you won't be able to do all those 19 long lunches, no. unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Um, which long lunch have you chosen to attend? Wow, I'm 50 50, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it out loud. I'm still oh, not quite there okay. yet. So oh. don't commit. No, because they're that good. It's amazing because the great thing about them, each lunch um, is all about celebrating that region and that area. So through the winemakers, distillers, brewers, but also the chefs, the restaurants, the farmers, producers. Um, so each lunch is for a minimum of 100 people. Some of them for over 250. Mm-hmm. Um, one long table, country hospitality. Um, even if you are working, take off that Friday get out there, take Mm. friends, stay overnight, stay the Friday night and then embrace that uh, part of the world. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. We have Zenon here from the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival who was just wrapping up on, Mm. started today, right? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday, 17 days, just wrapping up with thoughts on where things were going. But there's other things you guys do too, right? Oh, uh, yeah, over 200 of them or 250. (laughs) So they're all in my head. Um, We we have, yeah, so jump online, have a look. A lot of events every night of the week and day of the week. Um, Quick things that may be of interest that are fun, accessible. We have our Cult Crawl and Bite program, which is all about progressive dining. Um, I've done one of those once. It was super fun. Super fun. You get a little walk in between courses. You do. So three venues in one night, you have a bite and a drink at each. So if you just want to get out on a Monday or Tuesday night or if you want to try a few, uh, a few new venues in Melbourne, I think it's a great opportunity. Um, so we have definitely some tickets left for that um, at $78. And the, um, the other thing I think I should mention is uh, River Graves, which is our closing weekend, uh, the 22nd to the 24th of uh, March. Free, accessible, family-friendly. We are activating all the way down from Arts Precinct through to Crown Promenade. There's going to be a big um, wine winery tasting on with 30 Victorian wineries. We've got a free whiskey tasting with local distillers, um, Starwood Whiskey. So if whiskey is your thing, we've got lots of activities for the kids as well. Um, who have we got, Stephanie? Is that whiskey for the kids? Or? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think some parents might want to give their kids some whiskey. Yes. Yeah. And then just a whole range of things that are, we've got food trucks and, uh, you know, some other activations. And, yeah. So. And did you mention Stephanie Alexander will be there? She will be d- there uh, with her team and they'll be doing, I think, focusing on preserving and a lot of jars involved again. So little workshops for younger ones and teenagers, but definitely, obviously, for the adults as well. Yeah, Stephanie Alexander's fascinating because she jar- that huge book that she has had out for years and years and years with all of those classic recipes. It's basically anything from your mum's childhood, your grandma's childhood, your childhood, the classic way to do everything. Mm, I met yeah. someone who said the other day that every uh, 
if, if she, anyone who gets married, she buys that book for them. That's so a beautiful gift. It, it's a beautiful mm. gift. My sister got two copies. I thought I would inherit one, but I think it went to some other sister. Uh, I've got mine. What, got a, what, a, what a legend of the yeah, industry. Yeah. yeah, She really is incredible and does a lot of work around education uh, for kids to learn about food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the amazing thing. She just wants everyone to know how to do things better. Uh, did you know that, like, 30% of children show up at school without having eaten breakfast? What? Hmm. Yep. What parents, about parents? Don't always supply their kids with breakfast. Hmm. I'd like to know what about corporates and office workers, and how many of them aren't having breakfast? Mm. Yeah, but they're adults. That's their choice. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Uh, well, you do sometimes see people eating in their cars. Yes. <laughs> A bowl of cereal I saw the other day eating. You really did. Yeah. Oh wow, that's terrifying. That is. <laughs> well, we're talking about all the good things of food, not not, not some scary things about people's mm. eating habits. But the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival uh, is here to encourage everyone to get out, eat, experience, enjoy yep. everything we have. Sanwan, thank you so much for coming in and giving us the rundown and talking to us about how the festival does mm. goes about engaging people like Geordie. Yep. Just remind us of the website again melbournefoodandwine.com.au or mfwf.com.au and the festival is on from the 8th to the 24th of March. Mark, I think that, you know, you and I need to get Stefan and Russ and Razzle up and, and, and participate in something. I'm thinking of popping down to the House of Wine and Love or whatever it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> this afternoon and just um, get my $65 worth. I am popping down. I'll be there. So can't wait. All right. Excellent. You're enjoying 94.9. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.